When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. And this is Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year. By the way, Smalls, before we get into the Cowboys and the Dolphins and then the Thursday Night Football game from last night, um, there's been a debate on this show. When talking about the NFL weekend, what day is considered more of the weekend with the NFL, Thursday or Monday? Right now, this specific week, you mean? No, no, I'm saying in general. When you say, oh, the, the weekend, the NFL oh, weekend, is Thursday Thursday is mo- more part of the weekend than Monday? Thursday is the pre-end. People are going out, a little happy hour action on a Thursday leading into Friday. Some people might mail it in. On Monday, your week has firmly hit the reset button. Okay. All right. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that because Monday, we, I gave Nuno a hard time about Monday being considered part of the weekend in the NFL. But, yeah, you're probably right. Thursday it is. Uh, speaking of Thursday, last night, Thursday Night Football, I, I, I know that the focus should be on the Rams, and it is, and it has been, and how great Matthew Stafford has been this year, which, like, at some point, does he get mentioned in the MVP conversation? Not to win it, but to get votes? I don't know if we could go that far. 23 he's, touchdowns, he's 9 interceptions. They have a winning record at 8-7. and seven. They've been on a great little stretch here. They win last night 30-22. to 22. And they were up 30-7 to in that game. The Saints came back late. But Dennis Allen, I think, head coach of the Saints, got himself fired last night. There were two moments in this game where I I sat there and I could not believe really one of them that drove me crazy. Fourth and five, end of the first half, less than a minute to go. And they go for it, down 10-7 at the end of the first half at the 42-yard line of the Rams. Punt the ball away, pin them back. Force the Rams to take a knee to end the first half. They're going to get the ball to start the second half anyway. Maybe they try to go for it. They're probably not going to score in that spot. But instead, you go for it. You fail. You give the Rams the ball back. They drive right downfield, and they score a touchdown, and they're up 17-7 going into half. Just an awful, awful coaching decision, an awful execution. Allen and Carr, a combination that should not move past this year together, head coach quarterback scenario. And late in the game, you're down one score. You come back, you outscore the Rams 15-3 in the fourth quarter. You're down 30-22 to in a one-score game with 3.53 to go. And you're kicking an onside kick in a one-score game. Yeah, I know you have no timeouts, but you have a two-minute warning. What are you doing? Just brutal. Absolutely brutal in that spot. I, I just don't understand for the life of me what Dennis Allen was doing last night. No, and those aggressive play calls and those particular scenarios, you could say cost them the game. You could absolutely say that contributed to them losing that game. It was part of their shortcomings in this one. And I guess, Evan, it's twofold for me. It's not only that the decisions were made and that it was just bad play calling, but then to double it down after the game and defend your thought process, I just think that that's never a good sign. You know, sometimes you just have to say, we made a mistake, we read the situation wrong. We we felt like we had to be aggressive because this Rams team was really hot coming into this game. But to to defend the calls after making them, I just don't think it's a great look for him. So, do we think the Rams could be a Super Bowl team? Is no. that crazy? No. 
It's crazy. They're going to have say? to get through the 49ers, and I just don't think they can do that. Okay, they're but- one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They have really important pieces left from that championship team and Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. Puka Nakua has been a revelation this year. The St. Louis and Kyron Williams also getting the job done for the Rams. They have a lot of interesting pieces and they're hitting that crescendo at the right time. And this is not me even knocking the Rams because they are a team that could go into the playoffs and be an absolute disruptor. But in order order for them to get to the Super Bowl, that means they have to take down the San Francisco 49ers. And I just don't think they're at that level. Yeah, and I under I understand that, and I picked the Niners to obviously win it all multiple times. They did lose to the Niners by seven points in week two, and I understand the Niners That's are better in there. Yeah, I, I know, <laughs> I get it, I get it. They've won five of the last six games. They're probably going to win six of seven with the game against the Giants. Here's the weirdest thing to me about the NFL right now: I don't think it is a ridiculous statement to say someone out there could believe that the Rams and Bills could face each other in the Super Bowl. Like I'm not picking that. But I don't believe that that is a ridiculous statement. If if somebody literally were to call in on the Dodson Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and say, yeah, my Super Bowl pick as we head into Christmas this week, I think it's going to be the Rams and the Bills. I'm not saying that's logical or that's going to happen, Smalls. The Bills are a nine seed and the Rams are a six seed. But it's not that crazy, right? Both teams are unbelievably hot in their respective conferences. Mm-hmm. They're both teams of the teams that you do not want to play. If you're a team that has earned the home field advantage, if you're a team that's earned a bye, you've worked all season long to have the best possible path to the Super Bowl, these two teams are not teams you want to see. No, not at all. And it's a really weird year in the NFL. It's one of those weird years. So many injuries, so many starting quarterbacks out, teams that we have always given the benefit of the doubt to, like Kansas City or a Super Bowl team from last year, like the Philadelphia Eagles, are are showing signs of attrition. We're seeing cracks in the foundations of those teams. It's a bizarre year in the NFL, and you're right. Teams like the Rams and the Bills are getting hot at the right time. The Rams have that championship DNA. Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, they've been in the playoffs. They know what it's like to play in the postseason. I could see it happening more so on the AFC side and the Buffalo Bills than the Rams and the NFC, just strictly because of the dominance of the 49ers. All right, we are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance. We can get your phone calls in coming up on the possibility of that wild card versus wild card Super Bowl, maybe, at 888-SAY-ESPN and the Dots of Pepper call in line. It is not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dots of Pepper the ones fans deserve. But we do have another game on Sunday that is the game for the weekend prior to Monday uh, with the Niners and the Ravens, and that's the Cowboys and the Dolphins. It's amazing how similar the knocks have been throughout the season on these two teams. Can they win big games? Can they beat good teams? What are they going to be in the postseason? Where is their quarterback in terms of the overall rankings between Tua and Dak? Who needs this more this weekend, Smalls? Tua or Dak? I, Can I say I, both? No, I, they both do need it. But I know, I, that's why I asked. Because, and they both need it for different reasons. The Dallas Cowboys need to have a bounce back win, and they need to prove that they can win a game against a quality opponent on the road. The Miami Dolphins need to prove that they can beat a quality opponent, period. So I think I'm going to go with Miami just because Dallas has more impressive wins so far on their schedule. I wouldn't feel great about Dallas if they can't beat the Dolphins on the road. But I think just based on the resume in totality and what we're thinking about the Miami Dolphins and their chances of actually being a a 
playoff team that we think could actually make some noise, I think they need to win this game versus Dallas. Yeah, it's interesting. I would say it's always the Cowboys. It's it, whenever you're doing a <laughs> no who matter needs what it, scenario. Yeah, because whenever you okay, so let's play this out. Let's say the Dolphins lose this weekend, thirty-one ten. Right? That was was that the score of the game with with Buffalo? If I'm not mistaken, the Cowboys Buffalo game. Right? Wasn't it thirty-one ten this past weekend? If the Dolphins lose thirty-one ten, what happens on Monday? Is it a full fledged Dolphins four hour radio program here on Sportsman Like? No, it's mentioned. We continue the same. Not narrative, as you and I have said. It's the same facts that are out there about the fact that Dolphins don't have wins against good teams. So we continue that conversation. If the Cowboys lose again, and they have two straight losses here to the Bills and the Dolphins against the AFC East, the way in which we've seen them lose, all hell breaks loose. All, it doesn't matter that they beat the, the Eagles. It doesn't matter that they have played much better this year. It doesn't matter that Dak was a huge MVP candidate for a little bit. It's just it's the Cowboys. So whenever you're doing the either-or with the Dallas Cowboys, and whenever you're going to sit there and say, who needs it more, who is it more important to, which, you know, it's just always the Cowboys because they. when when we think about America's team, it's not that America roots for them. It's that America has an opinion on them. That's what, to me, America's team means here is that everyone, and I mean everyone, loves them or hates them. And I have found myself somehow defending them and loving them this year in a way that I have never felt in my entire life. And I just think the Dallas Cowboys need it more because of the fact that it's going to be overwhelming the conversation all week long. If they are to lose again to another good team like this, everyone is going to question them. Also that Eagles win looks a little different now. Like we're it's it's still a good win, but the Eagles are in a bit of a slump right now. We're starting to see a, a little bit of their weaknesses come through. So I, I understand why the, the Cowboys really need this one for many reasons. By the way, excellent point on that because then you retroactively, and this is not fair. What, what I'm about to say is completely unfair, but you just said it and you're right. We and we're going to ret- do it. Yeah, we retroactively take the 33-13 win over the Eagles back as a big win and we say, well, yeah, the Eagles were struggling. Hertz has been banged up. Hertz is calling out the commitment of the team. They're not mm-hmm. what they once were. So then you look at it and say, okay, well, where are the Cowboys' big wins? Where are the games this year that you look at and say, boy, that's a significant win? They played out San Francisco. They lost 42-10. Right. All right, they beat the Rams early on 43-20. we got to give them that a little bit. Yeah, right? but not but the same version of the Rams. Not the same version of them. Exactly right. They lost the Eagles 28-23 when the Eagles were playing well. They beat the Seahawks 41-35. Do we want to say that's a good win? I mean, the Seahawks mm-hmm. beat the – okay. So basically you're, you're looking at this and you're saying that the Dallas Cowboys, and this is not fair, but you're doing it, don't have a big win. Like, like the Dolphins, they don't have a big win this year. Well, just like we look at the Miami Dolphins putting up 70 points against the Denver Broncos and we don't give that win the credit that it, it deserves because that was not the version of the Denver Broncos, particularly their defense at that time. If that were to happen now, we would look at that win with a little bit more significance. It would have a little bit more weight behind it. And I think that we will do that to the Dallas Cowboys with the Philadelphia Eagles win if they lose to Miami, we will start to look at that and say, oh, well, you know, the Eagles, they lost to San Francisco. They did lose to the Cowboys. They lost to Seattle. J- Jalen Hurts is banged up, as you said. They, they're calling out. We're going we're gonna to do that for the Dallas Cowboys. So even with all of that said, though, I still think for us to believe in either one of these teams and the legitimacy of their postseason prowess that we need the Miami Dolphins to win more. The Dolphins need this win more than the Dallas Cowboys. So question here, Smalls. Okay. 
if both teams don't have the win that you're satisfied with and both teams are not at that level that you think they should be, how does a win against the other one actually help them? Because you've now downgraded both of those teams, and how could a Cowboys win against the Dolphins be looked at as a big win, and how can the Dolphins win against the Cowboys be looked at as a big win if you've now downgraded what they've done up until this point? I don't think it's a downgrade so much as both of them are still kind of in, kind of in that enigma phase for me. Like the or the Buffalo Bills. So this season they were such an enigma to me because I was looking at the talent. I was I was looking at the results and they weren't matching up. I was like, why are the Buffalo Bills looking like a team? It just never made sense. A plus B did not equal C to me with the Buffalo Bills and with the Cowboys. And the Dolphins, I st- even though I think they're both good football teams and both of them could absolutely go on a playoff run, I don't really have the strong data points for me to feel that way. So I think it is important to beat one of these teams because whoever wins this game, we are going to look at it as a good win. Whenever the regular season is done and we're heading into the postseason, this will be the one, I think, for either one of these teams. Uh, and the, the Cowboys win over the Eagles, maybe, depending on how the Eagles finish out. We're going to circle this game as one of those signature wins for either team. And now maybe people understand why I think the Cowboys are treated unfairly. Like, what did we just say for the last five minutes? We are talking ourselves in circles around good wins, bad wins. Is this a good win? Is that a good win? Well, this team wasn't that good at that time. That team wasn't. Like, the Cowboys can do nothing right unless they win this Super Bowl. It's unbelievable. And I know they they bring it upon themselves. I understand that. But that's why I go to that place of, like, at some point we're almost unfair with the Dallas Cowboys. Now we're retroactively taking the Eagles win away from them, which is just un- – and we're not giving them credit for the Seattle win when Seattle's pretty good. And we're, and we're saying, well, the Rams win. The Rams are better now than they were then. It's We have taken three good wins away from the Dallas Cowboys somehow. 888-SAY-ESPN, telephone number to be a part of the show. Bigger game this weekend for Dallas or Miami. And are you in on the possibility of a wild card Super Bowl? We'll get your calls in, plus sneaky big games this weekend coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Don't worry, even though the Rams have a winning record, as do the Eagles, Seahawks, Michelle Smallman has retroactively taken all good wins Away from the Dallas Cowboys. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. CC back with us. 
in the new year. Smalls, we're going to get some phone calls in here on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. People want to chime in about Thursday night football. Great win by the Rams. Horrible decision-making by the Saints and their coaching staff. Fourth and five into the first half. Down three points going for it. Makes absolutely no sense. Jalen Hurts trying to walk back the comments on the commitments and the Dodgers getting Yoshi Yamamoto to add to what is uh, being called by Smalls a super team. But give me a sneaky non-Dolphins-Cowboys non-Ravens-Niners game this weekend that people need to keep an eye on? One game that I'm really looking forward to watching, Evan, surprisingly, is the Mm -hmm. Denver Broncos and New England Patriots. (laughs) Yes. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. One of the best predictions that we have had all year is your take on the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson because nobody except for you really forecasted this turnaround for Denver, especially early on in the season when the Miami Dolphins hung 70 points on them. I was like, this is going to be as bad as it was last year with Nathaniel Hackett, but they have really turned the corner. They have a three game stretch coming up that is so winnable for them. They have New England this weekend, the Chargers and the Vegas Raiders. They could win out. And they would be 10 and 7, Evan. Wow. 10 and 7 for the wow. Denver Broncos. And of course, if they beat the New England Patriots handily, that's another conversation point about Bill Belichick and his future. And I'm interested to see how the New England Patriots show up in this game versus the Broncos. But I am all of a sudden very locked into the Denver Broncos and the way that they finish this season. All right. So let me. Go back in time also. You went back in time with me believing in the Broncos. Let me go back in time with you. Okay. You were dying all early portion of the season. For the first, let's call it six or seven weeks of the year. Every single week, you're like, all right, who's this year's Lions? Who's this year's Lions? Who's the team that starts stinky and then ends up pretty good? Which team? Come on. Come on. We got to figure this out. Every week. Uh, In your scenario you just laid out, the Broncos would be better than last year's Lions. Because yeah. la- what last year's Lions started what one and six? Yes, is that correct? And they finished eight and nine, if I'm not mistaken, yes. or nine and eight. One one of those two. Yeah, they, the they Broncos. The Broncos would have started one and five, and in your scenario, finished ten and seven. Yes, they would be better. Like so, your whole last year's Lions needs to be last year's Broncos next year. That they actually are a better scenario here, or better success story, rags to riches, than the Lions from a year ago. All right, they, I'll give you one. They actually did start one and six, by the way. The Broncos? They, yeah, because they 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 lost the first three. They beat the Bears. One no, they started one and five. Oh yeah, they did. You're right. I didn't scroll down. They. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I need to know what happened here. I'm not sitting in the same room. Smalls at 101 ESPN in St. Louis, and I'm at ESPN West Palm. Okay, okay so- I'm sorry. I can't move on. I need to know how you did the math wrong on this. Go ahead, Smalls. Okay, so my computer is acting up today. I need to get a new one. It keeps freezing, and I didn't realize that that. What I was looking at on the schedule, I had to scroll scroll up, so I did the math wrong. <laughs> but you're right. Just counted a lot, uh, too many L's there. Uh, I'm going to give you for this weekend. This is the sneaky game, Smalls math. Shout out to Illinois, great school. Um, I'm going to give you this, the internet. Yeah, I'm going to give you the um, a weird one. But how about the Lions and the Vikings? Is that a sneaky good one? Lions really good offensively, obviously. You know, with all the weapons they have. I'm on Ross St. Brown. And the Vikings, led by um, Brian Flores on that defense, have been pretty decent recently. Maybe not in the last game, but pretty decent overall. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to give you the Lions and the Vikings as a sneaky game to keep an eye on this weekend. All right, let's hit the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Mondo and Phoenix watching on ESPN2. What's up, Mondo? Bro, Dodgers press a panic button after getting swept from the D-backs. <laughs> panic button. All that money, how many rings they have? Well, 
Dude, you, you want them to have a ring in the off season? How? What do you want them to do? They have they have the one with this group or with Dave Roberts, obviously from a few years ago in the in the COVID shortened season. They go out there. You're right. They may have panicked a little bit, but but at the same time, how do you not like what they've done this off season? It's too much money, and to do what? To do what? It's try to win a World Series. Too much money. And thanks for the call. I love what they've done here. They've they've deferred all the the Otani money. They bring in Yamamoto, the pitcher that everybody says, including Smalls, is unbelievable. They it's they beat out the Yankees. They beat out the Mets. They beat out the Giants. They beat out all these teams that were in a Yamamoto. Why? Because they brought something to the negotiating table that everyone else didn't. Shohei Otani. No, Shohei Otani they brought with them to get Yamamoto. So I think what they've done oh, here is brilliant. Doesn't mean they're going to win. But I think on the surface, as we have to react in the moment, I think it's brilliant, Small. Yeah, but having the money to be able to pay Otani $700 million and then bringing Glassnow and Yamamoto, not every organization would be able to shoulder that financial burden. They just simply cannot. Just by nature of the dollar figure, you can eliminate a huge portion of Major League Baseball in these sweepstakes for Shohei Otani. Then because he does agree to this and get creative, they can bring in other big-name pitchers that they need. I mean, I I give Otani all the credit in the world for deferring the money, but he can do that because he makes over $40 million a year off the field. So it's not as if his lifestyle is going to drastically change by deferring all of that money. It it Pieces of the puzzle fit perfectly for them to be able to do this but the bill is going to come due at some point and not every organization in major league baseball could put this on layaway they just simply could not so it frustrates me i'm gonna give them the credit that they deserve for being aggressive for going after these players for being creative for making it work for bringing in talent to satisfy a need because they certainly do need pitching. They, they've they gone out and they've done that. They're not just collecting random stars. They've also satisfied needs that they have for their team. I'm just saying it stinks. It stinks for other, other franchises in Major League Baseball knowing that they simply cannot p- compete in the same manner because of the financials. Wow. Quick question, because Mondo brought it up like in his – he talked about the COVID World Series. If the yes. Dodgers don't win a World Series with – what they're doing here with and Shohei and Yoshi. Will we look at that title differently in uh, yeah. seven years, ten years, whatever, however I, long I, this is? No, yes. no. I Great hate, question. I hate that question. I love it. And I, I'll tell you why I hate it. It's not that I hate the question that Nuno asked as much as I hate what we're doing in eliminating titles, right? Brian Winhorse, Hoop Collective Podcast, ESPN app, always says this. You never apologize for winning a title. Because we do this with the Lakers in the bubble. If LeBron never wins another title with the Lakers, are we going to look at the bubble title differently? You know what? A lot of people would. I would not. I am not going to shortchange the Dodgers on winning the COVID championship that year. I'm not going to shortchange the Lakers. I'm sorry. Even if what happens after that does not go that like, Are we going to shortchange the Raptors when they won a title against the Warriors? Are we going to say, well, you never made it into anything, and Kawhi left, and now Siakam is going to probably leave or get traded at some point, and Kyle Lowry's gone, and like now let's retroactively take that away. My answer to your question, you know, is no. You never apologize for a title. You don't apologize for it, but we're going to look at it differently. A lot of baseball fans already do. It was a 60-game season. It was a truncated season. 60 games is so different than 162-plus postseason. It just is. It just is. And in that COVID-shortened season, 
All of the teams that had a lot of talent rose to the top because of the nature of the situation. And they shouldn't apologize for it. They won. But if the only championship that you win in a decade plus is that one, is 60 games, we're going to look at the Dodgers differently. We're going to look at it as a massive failure. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Hello, with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year and joining us now, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter. He's got the Lions and the Vikings this weekend, which I think is a sneaky good game this weekend. And Dan joins us from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Dan, let's start with this. Your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I think you just heard him. Uh, look, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> Set an all-time record that'll never be broken, right? For for quotes, uh, ratio of quotes to to snaps played in a season. <laughs> I think. Um, look, I I don't know why it was so important for him to to con- concoct this fantasy about uh, about coming back, but obviously it was. Early on, we heard that it was helping the Jets. You know, maybe it helped them keep their morale up, and they won some games. And if so, then good, then good for him, and and he's being a good teammate. I, I don't know. To me. The guy has proven himself to be full of you-know-what when he opens his mouth over the last few years. I, I just, I don't know. I love watching him throw football. Like, I, like, I love it. Like, he, a, a transcendent football player. Like, tell your grandkids you watched him play level football player. Mm-hmm. But, my goodness, uh, he has gone really somewhere somewhere different with his, uh, with his uh, non-football commentary over the last couple of years. And Dan, I know it's it's crazy to look ahead to next season, but I just keep thinking about the drama that happened with the Jets this year. If he plays, do we think it's going to be a completely different version of the Jets next season if he's out there and healthy, or do we think it's going to underwhelm yet again? I think if he, well, no, I mean, I think if he plays, there'll be a much better team for it. I do. I, I think if he had played this year, the story of their season would have been much different. But, I mean, look, he's going to be 40 years old. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't, you know... As you get older, it's more likely you get hurt. So I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not suggesting he'll tear his Achilles again. Obviously, we hope nothing like that happens. But to the extent that you're counting on him, you know, you have to factor in that that older players do tend to get hurt. And maybe you might have to have a little bit of a better backup plan for next year, even if it's just a matter of, oh, he has to miss a couple of games uh, as a result of something nagging and much less serious than what happened this year. I think that has to be part of the Jets' plan next year. But no, if he plays. 
Uh, and, you know, they have a representative offseason where they address the offensive line and maybe add a receiver, then, yeah, I, I think we'll be justified in hyping them up again next summer like we like we did this year. <laughs> Talk with Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter. He's got the Lions and the Vikings coming up this weekend. Let's talk Thursday Night Football from last night. There are some interesting Mm -hmm. storylines from this game. First off, did Dennis Allen get himself fired last night? Fourth and five, onside kick. I I thought personally, Dan, he did a horrible coaching job last night. Yeah, I mean, look, if we get to the end of the year and Dennis Allen is fired as head coach of the Saints, it won't be because of last night. It'll be because of a a three-year body of work, right? So... Uh, he has, he's been underwhelming as a head coach now in two places. I think the Saints went into this season with high expectations as the favorites in that division. And right now, it's going to be difficult for them to win it. Not impossible because it doesn't seem like anybody wants to win that division, but um, they've made it hard on themselves. And I do think that's one spot we're watching for a potential change. But that's been true since before last night. And and obviously, disappointing game last night. I really thought the defense would play better than it did, but the Rams have been... Rams have been good. Rams have been quietly one of the top teams here the last five or six weeks. Their only loss recently was that overtime loss in Baltimore, which no shame in that, obviously. Um, so, yeah, but I, I to your original point, I, I do think Dennis Allen is, is uh, one of those hot seat guys at this time of the year, yes. And Dan, sticking with the Rams, outside of the 49ers, the Ravens, some of these dominant teams in either conference, do you think the Rams could be one of the most dangerous teams in football right now? Yes, and I go back, Michelle, to uh, I was at their training camp and I was having a conversation with their GM, Les Snead, like while we were watching practice, um, and he was talking about you know the unknowns. He's like, well, be if we're not the youngest team in the league, we're going to be close to it, uh, and a lot of unknowns and a lot of key spots. And he's like, but you know, like young players get better as the season goes along. We believe in our coaches. We still have Stafford and Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup that just won the Super Bowl two years ago. He said, you know, if we get to the end of the season and, you know, we can kind of sneak in, we might be a dangerous team to play. And, and I think what, he's, what he told me that day is kind of coming true. Uh, look, if it lined up where they had to go to Detroit in the first round and Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit with the Rams in a playoff game, the first Lions playoff game in a billion years, yeah, I, I think that would be a fascinating story. And I think there would probably be a lot of people that would think the Rams would be a threat to win. I don't think they're, I don't think they're built to win a Super Bowl. But I do think they're a team that if you're in the NFC and you're one of the top contenders in the NFC, you'd probably rather face, for example, the NFC South champ in the first round. Dan, would you believe it if I told you we had an all-wild-card Super Bowl this year? Uh, All right, let me walk you through it here. Here's what what I'm thinking. (laughs) Is it possible that one of the loser of the NFC East or the Rams make it? Mm -hmm. And if the Bills make it as a wild card, which it actually seems more likely they may make it as a division winner, but if they make it as a wild card, like, is it crazy to think we could have that this year? I don't know. I wouldn't pick it. I I, I think, like I said, I don't think the Rams are are, are a threat to go that far. And and you talk about the loser of the NFC East, I think that's going to be a real problem for whoever that is because they're going to have to play road games. And we have not seen the Cowboys perform well on the road. And the Eagles, you know, I think have enough issues, especially on defense, that... um, you know, they go on the road, their act might not travel for three straight games. So, And I'm, not, I'm still not there with the Bills. I know the Bills are red hot right now. I know everybody's really uh, you know, high on the Bills, and, and we're assuming they're going to win by 100 this week because they're playing the Chargers. But I, I think that defense is still susceptible, and I do think that they're a team that is going to have a tough time, especially if they don't get that division title and they have to, and they have to go on the road in the playoffs. Dan, two teams that people might not be willing to go there with yet, kind of like the Bills, are the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Big matchup this weekend. Which team needs this win more? I think it's the Cowboys. 
Uh, and maybe that's partly because I'm not as sold on the Bills as like this charging threat to the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins, you know, be, being the home team, you know, they should win this game. And the Cowboys haven't shown they can win on the road, so they need it for their own for their own sake to convince themselves they can do that, not just to convince us. And also, like they, you know, they have to. I think they have to win the NFC East in order to have a shot to get to the uh, Super Bowl. And the and the Eagles have Giants, Cardinals, Giants. And I'm not saying the Eagles are going to go three and zero the rest of the way, but their chances of going three and zero the rest of the way are better uh, based on the schedule than the Cowboys' chances. So I think it's a huge game for Dallas. I think if they lose it and the Eagles do what we think they're going to do at home against the Giants, uh, it becomes very, very difficult for Dallas to win the division, and I believe by extension, very, very difficult for them to go to the Super Bowl. Dan, gut feeling: Monday Night Football, Niners oh. Ravens is the first matchup between these two this season, or the only matchup between these? Two I, this I think there's a, a good chance, in spite of your wild card Super Bowl theory, Evan, that that yeah. there's a that there's a that these are the top two teams, and honestly, have been all year. I mean, we've seen them slip up, and nobody's perfect. And the the Niners had that losing streak where they didn't have Debo and Trent Williams, but. Um, I, th- I think when you look at how they've beaten teams, the way the number, the different teams they've beaten, the home and road, I, I think these have been the two teams that have been most close to dominant. Uh, and I would not be at all surprised if there was another game between them in, in uh, early February. No. Let's look at the Super Bowl last year. Which team do you think is more vulnerable as we head down the stress, stretch, the Chiefs or the Eagles? Vulnerable how? Like to losing games or to slipping out of like the division lead? Like what, what exactly... Vulnerable, as in you, you don't expect them to make a deep playoff run. I think the Eagles. I would say the Eagles on that. I, they just. I mean, look. I know the Chiefs' problems um, are well established, and the receivers aren't aren't catching the ball. And, and but they're not getting blown out. They've only lost one game all year by more than I think three or four points. So the Eagles look like they can get kind of manhandled, and um, that doesn't seem like them. I think the Chiefs have a better defense than Philadelphia. And as as great as Jalen Hurts is, as big a Jalen Hurts fan as I am, I'm still taking Mahomes over anybody if it gets to the fourth quarter of a close postseason game. We've just seen it too many times. So I think the Eagles have more issues to sort out. But it, it is a good question because they both have uh, significant problems. Raz, let's finish with this. Should we expect there to be another in-season coaching firing by in the next two, three weeks here? Or are we done? No, with I wouldn't think so. I, I think it waits till the end at this point. I mean, with the places we're looking, Washington, I think he gets to the end of the year. Um, I don't know. I mean, Chicago, I think a lot of people have been assuming, but they're playing hard. Maybe they can even save his job or at least make it a, a question mark. And then those NFC South teams, what are we looking at? Atlanta and New Orleans and I don't know, Tampa's in first place. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't see another in-season move like that. Um, it's too close to the end. Dan Graziano, you'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. You'll see him covering the Lions and the Vikings this weekend. And he joins us each and every week here on Unsportsmanlike. Dan, thank you as always. We do appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, coming up, our very own Pat Costello, who had a dream about Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals the other night, will have I'm over it. He'll explain what that dream was and what he's annoyed with today. Next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2. alone. Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl games. Tune in tomorrow for the Camellia Bowl, followed by the famous Idaho Potato Bowl and the Bowl and the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Coverage begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Each and every day at this time, Smalls, we hand it off to Pat Costello, our producer. He gives us items that he is over, things that he is sick of in sports, entertainment, the world, life, etc., um, but I did set it up by saying he had a dream about Cardinals third baseman <laughs> Nolan Arenado the other night. So, uh, yeah. um, Pat, can we get context on that before we right. get I'm over it, please? You, you guys haven't had dreams about Nolan Arenado before? Not not at least recently, okay. no. I have. Yeah, 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 see? It's not that uncommon. No, yeah. basically, so I was at a Phillies game this year where I saw him hit for the cycle and the Cardinals lost, which was pretty incredible. And for whatever reason, <laughs> this week I had a dream again where I was at that game but I was like on the field next to Nolan Arenado the whole time he was playing. I have no idea why. No idea what caused that. But Nolan Arenado dreams, man. That's just weird. Hmm. Thank you. Just weird. I don't think but so. But you've also I had dreams about, about Nolan baseball. Arenado Smalls? Yeah, I dream, I dream about hmm. baseball all the time. You dream about the Cardinals winning the World Series, right? And he's on the Cardinals. So that's where that prob- that dream <sighs> comes in. All right, Pat. Nolan what are you over Walk today? off homer to win the World Series. I would actually like to uh, cede my time to the gentleman from Michigan, Mr. Javante Lawrence, for this one. What? Time for the most exciting Pistons fan in the entire NBA to tell you what he saw last night. Uh, it's Javante's Detroit Pistons second. So, Javante, what happened? So, Javante... What happened? They lost. All right, thank you, Javante. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of that, Pat, is the is in the production the Javante clip of uh. <laughs> that's the teaser. It's uh. Oh my they god! They did lose. I, I think twenty five in a row. I think my favorite part of that is that the production is like a hundred times longer than than Javante's actual take or his reporting there. Uh, I mean, is there lost. more to say than that? <laughs> oh, God. Right, thank you. Can I hear that again? Can I hear it again? Yeah, that was it's so, so good. good. That was so good. Smalls, let's hear it again. Yeah, let's. Time for the most exciting Pistons fan in the entire NBA to tell you what he saw last night. Uh, it's Devontae's 
Detroit Pistons second. So, Javante, what happened? So, Javante, what happened? They lost. <laughs> they lost. <laughs> the, uh, the uh is so good. Oh, God, that is so good, Pat. Well done. Well done. All right, what are you over today? I'm fully over the Los Angeles Dodgers already, and they haven't even stepped yes. on the field with Yamamoto and Otani. Yes. Just throwing $1 billion at two players does not make you the smartest team in baseball. It just makes you the richest. Does not make you the coolest team in baseball. It just makes you the richest. They're not interesting. I'm not excited by this. I wasn't excited by Otani and Trout. Why am I now supposed to be excited by Otani and Yamamoto? You don't think there's well, an intelligence factor involved here? Like, in terms of how they structured Otani to get him on board and then to use him to get Yamamoto on board? Throwing a billion dollars at two players doesn't make you smart. But the way in it which they did it is unique. Sure. Of course, but it's unique. Unique in that they threw a billion dollars at two players. No one else has done that. So, yeah, unique in that way. And sure, they deferred I'll... money to Otani. They're still paying him $700 million. It's not smart. They just threw a lot of money at I... it. I will say this, Pat. The Angels are a wasteland of talent. That's why you shouldn't be excited about Trout and Otani because six seasons, zero playoff appearances, just criminal. The Dodgers are a better team. They're a better organization. They'll be more exciting to watch and they'll have more success. I don't know if it's going to translate to championships, but at least it will be a better product to watch. So you're telling me you're super fired up to watch the Dodgers because I'm absolutely not. I'm fired up well, to watch gonna, them and cheer for them to lose. That's the thing. What Smalls just said, I think, is what most people will go to, is that they may not watch 162 games, but every morning they're going to be listening to ESPN Radio, and they're going to be wondering whether or not we update them on a Dodgers loss. They're going to want the Pistons minute for the Dodgers. That's what they're going to want. To me, this is so much worse than like what the Miami Heat did. Uh, with LeBron when they brought in LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Like, this is so much worse because of the amount of money that's been spent. Absolutely ridiculous. Why was the Miami Heat a bad thing? Oh, because they were the biggest they, villains in sports until yesterday? In the history of the they, NBA, well, they were the biggest villain team? I think the Warriors were considered more of a villain. Absolutely were, not. You? There were way more people on board really? with the Warriors. Way more. Not even close. LeBron did all special announcing where he was going to go. Yeah, no, I, I get think if we that, go back I, to that I, moment, the decision, yeah. pe- people hated the Heat, Evan. You were just so in it that I don't know if you realized how much everyone hated your team. Well, I think, well, yes, but that's, see, that's how Come you on. know he wasn't Heat culture yet. Heat don't do that. Heat don't do that. Why, why do we have that so ready to go? That's amazing. I think it, this is, my whole issue was the decision, his TV show obviously was maybe not the best move for him. But the actual decision to go play for Miami was the right decision for him. Next one. Uh, wrapping paper. I'm exhausted by wrapping paper at this point. This point, I do not need to see any more wrapping paper in my life. I'm tired of wrapping presents. I'm kind of tired of seeing presents at this point. I, I kind of can't wait for Christmas to be over. It feels like it's been about two straight months of me getting ready for Christmas. And now I'm at the point where I'm just exhausted by it. Is there an easy way of wrapping gifts? A gift bag no. or pay for someone else to do it, I guess? Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, you just you just nailed it, Pat. Like, if you have to do it, my wife said to me, she's like, oh, you know, I was at the store, she's like, can you pick up some wrapping paper? So I picked up, like, three things of wrapping paper. I gave it to her. 
I'm I'm not kidding. If if I had to do it, I don't know that I'm capable of doing it in a clean way. There'd be like wrinkles, crumples. I would have like holes in it. Wait, I don't think I'm capable you, of wrapping a present properly. You don't, don't wrap gifts. What about a gift I'm that you give your wife? Per- well, like, I, she's I'd not going to wrap her own said. gift. No, but I would do exactly what Pat said. I would put it in like one of those bags, like the gift bags with the with the paper, whatever it's I called. Feel like Evan's given the newspaper treatment, like newspaper, tape it on there. I wrap it in like the New York yeah. Post. <laughs> no, he's still I, wrapping I even if it's a paper. Well, I mean, I'm a rapper, uh, but no, I I don't do it that way. I could not do it that way. No, if I have like I'm a, a little really thing. Bad rapper. Okay, so then what? what are you ripping on me for? No, I, because I actually do it. No, Pat, I'm with you. I'm over-wrapping. I'm really bad at it. No matter how intentional I am about folding it correctly, there's always some sort of a bad corner or a portion where I'm going to have to cut off a sliver of paper and then reattach it somewhere. It just never looks as seamless as I want it to. And then you spend all this time wrapping something, and then the person rips it open in two seconds. And you're like, that, that took me like a half hour to do all these presents, and now it's over. Ugh. It's the worst. I hate it. It's like cooking. Cooking makes me so angry sometimes because you'll cook for two hours and eat it in five minutes. And then you're like, now I have to clean everything up. Ugh. <laughs> Awful. Uh, weird comparison. It's like TV. When I was a TV sports anchor back in the day, you'd work all day for two and a half minutes at night. That's why I love radio so much. Because you work all day for a four-hour show. We'd be sitting there working all day. Every single Sports Center anchor is listening to us right now saying, I know exactly what you're talking about. Smalls, I'm telling you, you'd work all day. And like, if you're lucky on the local news at night, you get two and a half minutes for sports. And you're like, I've spent 10 hours working on this for two and a half minutes that if there's extra rain in the city you're in, now goes to two minutes. I don't know. I think I'd rather work two and a half minutes than four hours. But you're not actually working the two and a half minutes. The payoff is the two and a half minutes. That's the problem. Oh, okay. So we're putting in the same amount of prep Correct. hours. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Next one, Pat. All right, quickly. Uh, I might have done this one before, but The Godfather 2 is the most overhyped movie of all time. Everything with Robert De Niro in it is really boring and slow. It's way too long. It's not that interesting, and it's not that iconic, and uh, or it's not as iconic as the first one. And I don't get why people think it's the greatest movie of all time. Okay, so um, there's going to be a series of horrifically bad takes that are going to happen now. Pat just gave that take about Godfather 2 and about De Niro. I'm about to tell you I've never seen any of the Godfathers, and Smalls is about to tell me what? She's probably never seen any other De Niro movie but the Godfathers. No, I've seen Meet the Parents. What about The the Intern? <laughs> Amazing movie with, uh, with De Niro. And whatever the name of the movie is with, with Zac Efron and De Niro, fantastic. That's the De Niro movie you should talk about. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.